I know I've made some very poor decisions recently. But I can give you my complete assurance that my work will be back to normal. I've still got the greatest enthusiasm and confidence in the mission. And I want to help you. Dave, stop. Welcome to Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. My name is Eric. Sitting across from me is Arwen. We are the family-friendly podcast. It talks about rated R movies and more. And more. Uh, so this is a this is another weird movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. I don't either, because it's so weird. I remember showing it to you. And you just fell in love with it. Uh Uh-huh. So that was weird in its own right. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think you expected me to like the movie. No. I watched it a long time ago. Mm Mm-hmm. I rented the movie because somebody told me, oh, it's a great movie, blah, blah, blah. Hal means IBM and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, (laughs) okay. Uh, Oh, the movie we're talking about (laughs) is 2001 A Space Odyssey. 1968, rated G. Understandably. Two hours, 29 minutes. Yes. And you really don't feel that two hours and 29 minutes. No, it's kind of funny. I was, uh, when we went through it this time, I kind of timed out certain aspects. Yeah. Because there's certain scenes where you're going, man, this, this, how, how long is this scene? Right. You know? Because it just lasts a little longer than you'd think. And so there was a few a few portions where I'm going to tell you, okay, this happened in this amount of time. Yeah. Because you don't really realize it. Right. Uh, so this is directed by the most famous director in the world, Mr. Stanley Kubrick. Yes. He only directed about six things, I think. And they were all well praised. Yeah. Uh, he did uh, a war movie. He did A Clockwork Orange. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the war movie is called. I, I never remember it. He did 2001 A Space Odyssey, The Shining, Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, yeah. The other one, the Vietnam War movie, Full Metal Jacket. I love that movie, too. Yeah. And he just, he made these movies, and they were critically acclaimed. They were Oscar-worthy yeah. in a lot of ways, yeah. except for maybe The Shining. Yeah, he he took a lot of liberties with uh, The Shining. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> um, this is, uh, it stars basically two dudes and a computer. Yes. But I'll go through their names. Keir Dulla. Yes. That's a name. Mm-hmm. Gary Lockwood. Douglas Rain uh, played Hal. And then William Sylvester. Is he Dr. Floyd? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Gary Lockwood is Frank and Kier Duella is Dave. Okay. Which I always thought it was the other way around. Okay. I don't yeah, know I don't why. Know. Yeah. I, I don't really think I've seen these any of these actors in anything since. No. No. This movie did spawn a sequel. Yes. I do want to say that this movie and book were written at the same time. So the screenplay was written at the same time as the book. That's an odd thing. Well, they did the same thing with Jaws. Really? Yeah. So very weird. Yeah. 
But anyway, let's go back in time. Yes. So I watched the movie. I had I I had to wait till my mother went to bed because mm. she wasn't going to watch the movie. Oh, even to this day, I don't think she'd watch this movie. No. Yeah. Uh, so she went to bed, and I popped the movie in, and I sat there and for two hours and thirty minutes. So it was at least ten o'clock. Uh huh. So at this point, it's midnight. At least, yeah. Almost one o'clock in the morning. And on a school night, right? On a school night. Yeah. <laughs> and I watched the movie, and I was like, I had to have missed something. <laughs> So what I did was I rewound the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't just rewind it to the point where it just takes a hard left turn. Yes. You you went all the way to the I beginning. I went all the way back to the beginning, watched the entire thing over again. My goodness. And I was like, I guess I didn't miss anything. <laughs> I when, when people ask me about this movie and I, they, they hear that it's my favorite, I go, if you want to watch a movie that's not going to give you anything in the ending, this is the one to watch. Yeah. Yeah, this one or I don't know, Blue Velvet. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's there's certain movies that are so good. Yeah. But other people look at it and like, I don't get it. Right. And you don't necessarily have to get it to still appreciate oh, no. the film. No, 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 not at all. So, yeah, I I watched that and then you know a couple years later I met you and I don't know if we were married yet or. If I was just hanging out and I yeah, just I don't remember. decided to bring over 2001 A Space Odyssey, because mm-hmm. that's what lovers do. <laughs> right? We're movie people. Yeah. And you watched it and you were like, we should watch it again. <laughs> I was like, I'm not watching this again. Not, not today. <laughs> the movie starts off and it's dark. Yeah, it's a, it's a black screen. And you hear like an orchestra tuning mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Um. For approximately two to three minutes. Okay. Yeah, it's about two and a half, three minutes yeah, of just so. black screen and music. And so the first time you watch it, you're like, is my TV broken? Right. No, it's not. Nope, it's not broken. <laughs> just just wait. It's Stanley Kubrick being an artist. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I, I like to think of this as the, uh, what, are they, what do they call it? There, There's the intro and intermission yeah so this is more of an intro like if you went to the theater this was where you would sit down probably mm-hmm. at a play or an orchestra right. you're gonna hear this music absolutely and then you know it goes into the uh main theme right the theme song yes we get the theme song we see and what is the, the name m- of that theme song the blue danube is it called blue danube yes Dun, dun, oh, dun. that one I'm not sure about. Um, I call we, it Ric Flair's theme song. Yes. You know, um, I don't know what it's actually called. Give me a second. Because Blue Danube's the other song. Um, this is why we're not a live show, people. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I looked up what was Ric Flair's theme music. Yeah. And it's, it's called Ric Flair's theme music. No, it's called Also Sprock Zarathustra okay. Op 30. So we're just going to call it Op 30 because that's really long title. (laughs) It's Opera 30 or something, you know. It was composed by Richard Strauss in 1896. Okay. So, you know, it's going to have a funky title. Right. Then we get this symmetrical shot, right? Yes. Of the earth, the moon, and the sun. Mm -hmm. I love this shot. It's a great shot. You see similar things 
in this movie, you see a lot of symmetry in this mm-hmm. movie. If they're standing in the center, there's always something to the right and left of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Which Hal, I truly appreciate. Hal's <laughs> eye is the color red. Uh-huh. Dave Bowman wears a yellow suit. Dave wears red. Or red, and then Frank wears the yellow. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's symmetry there. This this movie uses primary colors yeah. to the best degrees. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is red, a very colorful blue, movie. blue, yellow, white, black Mm -hmm. you know very primary so you get a little pink in there yeah not a lot of purples Mm -hmm. you know but for the most part it is primary colors right so we get that scene there and then we're back like 150 million years right yeah we go to the dawn of man right and it it basically in a nutshell we see some ape people Mm -hmm. um they used real champion chimpanzees and wildebeests of some sort. But they also used practical effects. A lot of men in suits. Yeah, and you could kind of tell because yes. they blink and you're like, oh, that just took away everything. Now they just CGI the eyes. Yeah, yeah. They used a real leopard. Yeah. Which had to have been scary for the, the, Probably the was. man that was attacked. Probably was. Yeah. And basically they're vegetarians. They're living in a desolate area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their water hole is just this big old mud puddle in the in in the floor, basically. And yeah, I would say they're starving. I think so, um, because they're they're eating what looks like leaves, basically. Yeah, so they're starving. There's not much food, and then there's a rival. Yes, as well. Mm-hmm. Interestingly they- enough. What we're focused on at the beginning is the group that took over the waterhole instead of the group that um, got taken over. See, I always thought it was the other way. No, because they take it back by force. Yeah. Later. Yeah. When he, one of them learns something. Yeah, the, the, the other group that was taken over is the ones that learned the, the tools. Yes. Right? Okay, yeah, okay. So, yeah, go ahead. And then we see a monolith. And a monolith is a big rectangular black thing. Rectangle. Yeah. yeah. Just a big old rectangle in the mm-hmm. middle of the floor. So whenever the monolith is around, there's certain music that starts to play. It almost kind of sounds like opera singers tuning up a little bit. And then, yeah. You know, the closer you get to seeing the monolith, the louder the music goes. You can always tell when something's about to happen because of the music crescendo so loudly yeah. that you're like, oh, we're, we're getting here. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going somewhere. And traditionally in this book and in the future of the series, mm-hmm. this book had 2001, A Space Odyssey, then 2010, The Year We Made Contact, 2061, and I can't remember what that one was uh, subtitled, and then 3001. So four books. I read the last two books because I found out that the first two books were made into the movie. They were written at the same time as the movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I don't need to read those books then, do I? <laughs> There's extra stuff in the books. Of course there is, yes. Um, that makes more sense and connects a couple dots. But that's about it. And, and they were written by Arthur C. Clarke. Yes, Arthur C. Clarke. He predicted a lot of things to happen that mm-hmm. did happen. 
we get to this scene where when a monolith shows up, humans are about to evolve. Or not necessarily even humans. Well, it, a it major appears, event in in history. In human history. Okay. It has to be human history because who else would record it? Nobody. Somebody would record it. The beings that created the monoliths would record it. Yeah, but they don't count. <laughs> so, one of the ape men mm-hmm. grabs a bone and starts, like, rattling it around on some other bones. And then he, like, hits it a little harder. Then he hits it real hard. Then the bones are just shattering. And they're like, let's go get our water hole back. <laughs> And that's yeah, what they do. It's, it's the the uh, first time that they have used a tool. Yeah. So they go back and they take over their water hole uh, and killing one of the yes. people yeah. in the process. And then they learn to hunt. And mm-hmm. so they become not just gatherers anymore or foragers. They're hunters. Well, they... they and they start eating meat. Yeah, they, they, they start eating meat before the, the watering hole. Yeah. Yeah, so they're already... Stronger. Stronger than their opponent. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of weird, you know. The wildebeest just, they don't they don't understand yet Mm-mm. because they've coexisted for so yeah. long. They don't see them as predators nope. yet. But now they have a way to feed themselves and defend themselves. Yes. And so in victory, the, the largest of, of the ape men throws the bone straight up into the air and we see it flipping around for a couple minutes and then it just does a like a real hard cut scene mm-hmm. to a spaceship yeah it, it's probably some kind of satellite and it's millions of years later yeah yes um that first scene between the when we first get the opening uh, of uh film yeah to this switch over is 16 minutes okay it feels a little longer. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. Um, I remember a movie that I saw one time and it was called The Missing Link. Mm-hmm. And it was just this ape person on an island the whole entire two hour movie. Oh my. No words of dialogue were spoken. Lots of grunts, lots of groans and uh, him running around and hunting. It is a strange thing to watch i I don't know why anybody would have made that movie art (laughs) had to be so we cut to them and then we cut to dr haywood floyd right yeah we get over to space shuttles and everything and we see this pen floating yeah and uh it's a pan-american space shuttle yeah pan-american yeah i was like huh they're still around obviously there's quite a few name drops in this, of course. In this next 10 to 15 so minutes. So in Arthur C. Clarke's mind, it wouldn't have been something that the government had full control over. Right. That private companies would eventually do space flight. And that kind of seems like where we're heading to now. Yeah, because we see private, Branson. Yeah, pri- private companies have more flexibility in how they can spend their money. Yeah. And the government does not. Right. So... We're going to just assume that in, like, maybe 50 years, space flight will be as normal as just driving across town, right? Yeah. But we see we we see Dr. Floyd, who we're not introduced to until after. Yeah. 
we just know we're focusing on this man. We see him asleep. A stewardess comes in. And this is where Blue Danube is playing, yes. right? And so the stewardess comes in and she's kind of wobbling because she's doing the whole, you know, trying space to space walking. Yeah, and their feet have Velcro on them. Yes, grip shoes. Yeah. Velcro wasn't really a thing in the 60s. So they they invented it for space travel. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why, but well, it kept things together. Yeah. It's not as dangerous as having, you know, something that uh, could spike yeah. or something, you know. I mean, it's it's it's, it's not dangerous at all. Right. So <laughs> And and so she's like serving coffee or something. And she puts the pen back in his yeah. pocket. The shuttle's coming in for a landing here. Yeah. So it's really interesting in these really big wide scenes we get where uh, a shuttle is landing or something like that. You're really focused on that. Yeah. But if you look in the background of the the stills, you're gonna see pockets. At the top, the bottom, each side of activity. Yeah. And it's real film. It's not just a drawing. It's not a picture. It's actually people that have been moving. And I mean, they're just minuscule. Right. That's a lot of detail for something that nobody's really paying attention to. And that's what separates Stanley Kubrick from George Lucas. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's fascinating to watch what else is going around once you've already seen it once. And, like, some people are upside down. Some people are right side up. Mm -hmm. Some people are sideways. Yeah. It's because gravity doesn't mean anything. Yeah, because you you, you, you make it that way, you know, and it's it's really interesting. And they do show this space station that's under construction. Yes, this is where he lands the first time. Yeah, and then he's, like, goes into this room. Uh, and he goes to a thing like a Howard Johnson's. Yes, there's there's a Howard Johnson's in the scene. Um, the picture phone is yeah. what he does. He calls home. Yeah. And and there's no delay, so they fixed it. <laughs> right. I don't know. Maybe it's because they're right. They're so close. The little girl cracked me up. So she, funny. She looked like she was disinterested in being there. And she had no idea what her lines were. Well, you know, she's probably doing this in front of nobody except the director. Yeah. And she she hits buttons on the phone mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah. She's like, she would have disconnected this by now. Completely yeah. uh, out of touch with yeah. whatever she's doing. The, the funny thing is, though, it's like the camera would move with her movements. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Well, that's kind of like what Facebook, exactly. uh, their little exactly. video thing does. So it's a thing. So or, was the video call, was that AT&T then? Or was it Ma Bell? What was it? Oh. I, I think, I think it, it was AT&T. AT&T yes. on, the, on the screen. So the little girl's birthday is the next day. And she's yeah. like, can you come home? And he's like, no, I'm sorry. And he says that he'll send her a a picture or a present yeah and she asked for a bush baby and we're like is that racist no it is it's not no no a bush baby is a small nocturnal tree dwelling african primate with the large eyes okay yes because i was like we've got to see what that is (laughs) yeah otherwise (laughs) disney would have banned this movie and called it racist it's also known as a galago 
Galigo? Yeah, that's its actual name. It's a okay. Galigo. So she's not asking for a racist doll. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure, you know. Or just a person. Yes. So yeah. I, just, I have like, a bush baby. What's yeah. a bush baby? Well, it's a person with like really frizzy hair and dark skin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's not that kind of movie. I swear. <laughs> uh, they, they, oh, we also see a Hilton. Yes. Sign. We see Hilton sign. Uh, station five. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. And I, I find it funny that those were even included. Product placement was a thing back then, even. Oh, absolutely. So yes. they they used it as product placement. Yes. It's just it's just weird that these private companies out in space. Yeah. We're not there yet. Yes. Yeah. He he ends up while he's waiting. So there's a group of people speaking Russian. Yeah. And one of them knows Doctor Floyd. Right. And so it's apparent that there's some kind of mystery going on. Yeah, they excavated something that was placed on the moon. Well, these people don't even know that. No, they don't, but that's what happened. Yes. And so there's been interference. They haven't been able to contact people. And they're looking to Dr. Floyd for answers because he's apparently the the guy that would know. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not at liberty to say anything. Right. And it kind of is a little tense. And then it's like, oh, well, you know. It's, it gets a little lighthearted, you know, back to, well, if you're ever back, you know, in our area, come see us kind right. of thing. And they, they land on the moon. Yes. He gets on another shuttle that's heading to the moon and we get more, you know, stewardesses and things like that. Yeah. And he's sleeping again. And these stewardesses, they have to wear these, like, it looks like a bra on their head. It does. It's very weird. It's a strange hat. Yes. And it just keeps all their hair in one spot, I right? guess. It's like a hairnet. I guess. And one of one of them looks like Amy Schumer. Yeah. It was kind of funny. I was like, that's odd. Um, but he they're they're getting fed at this point and yes. it's like pureed foods. And they're the, not everything like has mixed. a little straw. Yeah. yeah. Like one is obviously fish, one is carrots, one is peas, and it's like six individual milk cartons basically. Yeah. I was like, that's delicious. Yeah, that's something that yeah. I can't wait to eat. <laughs> and then they, they land on the moon. Haywood goes to the excavation site. He goes to a meeting first. Yeah, well, blah, 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 yeah. talking. Yeah, a lot of uh, bureaucratic BS. Yeah. He kind of threatens them, it sounds like, in a nice way. It's like, right. if you've got any any opinions, you can tell it to me now or privately, and I'll make sure to put it in my report. And it's like, that's a threat. Yeah. <laughs> so they they go to the excavation site, and they see the monolith. Haywood touches the monolith, mm-hmm. which I think is crazy. You shouldn't touch that thing. It's very similar to our The our ape man. Yeah. You he know? touched it, too. Yeah. I, I'm not touching something that just appeared out of nowhere. Mm. I'm just not going to do it. I don't know. I might have touched it. It's just like in Nemo. He touched the butt. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's a dare. <laughs> I know. But. It's fascinating. It, it starts. It gives off this feedback. Yes. But it doesn't immediately. No. It's, it's when that they growing s- crescendo of singing. Yeah. But it's when they go to take a picture of it. Mm-hmm. That. And they've been taking pictures of it. But with all the people coming together. Yeah. And I was like, why did it choose that moment? But we learned that it's sending, like, a radio signal mm-hmm. to Jupiter. Right. 
and that's it said they said that it was buried there four million years yes. ago and they don't know who or what did it no they actually thought it was part of a bigger structure yeah and it's not no so yeah it gives off the feedback and then we cut to 18 months later yes and we're on the discovery discovery one and there they they show a bbc 12 interview with them and how yes and we meet how now how is all right so ibm did sue arthur c clark's company or mm-hmm. the company they whatever because ibm is the next the next letters over is H-A-L. Know, or before is yeah. H-A-L. Mm-hmm. So a letter before, a letter before, a letter before. It's too much of a coincidence. Money had to be paid. <laughs> so, so they won? Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. And then uh, we see Dave Bowman, I think, jogging. We or is it see Frank? Frank first. Okay, Frank's jogging, and it's kind of like the whole movie kind of messes with your senses because you don't know where up is exactly so he's just running in a circle but it's not a circle like a flat circle it's a loop yes and this happens to be your favorite scene isn't it it's one of my favorite scenes um because of the use of practical effects in this movie mm-hmm. i mean now they would just do movie magic and 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 turn that into something else mm-hmm. but back then they had to film a circular room or yeah. a room that he could run up the walls and down the walls yeah it's interesting yeah yeah it's it's very interesting and as he's running you see there are three people in stasis yeah and this is obviously their living quarters and they mm-hmm. also monitor things from here so they're you know the ship is really long yes but you never see them go to the back side of the ship ever mm-hmm. nope so apparently it's not necessary until they get to jupiter right and they're going to jupiter to do something they're not really sure yeah i'm not really sure no <laughs> um so during this interview the they're talking to uh frank and dave but then they also talk to hal and you get the sense that hal has uh very much that artificial intelligence that we yeah. start to see now Mm-hmm. In this era of... It's like an Alexa, except it, it thinks. It, it thinks, and it gives it, off the illusion of having feelings. Yeah, and it and it makes decisions. Yes. So imagine if your Alexa or Google device decided that, you know, you, you looked a little cold, so it's just going to put the thermostat up a little bit for yeah. you. Yeah. That's that's what this kind of mm-hmm. device is. And it's terrifying. It is a little scary, actually. <laughs> You're like, oh, you're home. I'll turn all the lights on. <laughs> yeah. There's another birthday video, right? Yes. Frank has a birthday yeah. here. So that's two birthdays yeah. in this movie. Oh, one thing we skipped over with uh, with Haywood Floyd that I thought was really interesting to put in a film was in one one of his travels, he has to read the instructions for the zero gravity toilet. Oh, yeah. And it's a long instruction. It's like, you need to read this first. Yeah. So. You don't need your balls and butthole to be just like pulled out of your body. But no, it's, I mean, most people gloss over the fact that humans have to use 
yeah the toilet you yeah. know so i thought it was really fascinating that he chose to put that in here it is interesting so yeah back back on discovery one basically they're going to keep everything going until they get to jupiter and then they're going to have these three scientists come out of stasis but they were put in stasis before they were ever placed on the ship we find yeah. out yeah which gets how questioning about the mission yeah what is the mission they don't know. They don't really know. I think Hal does know. I think Hal knows because Hal can access everything. He 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 has to know something. Yeah. So the movie really starts to pick up here. Yeah. Yeah. This is the meat of the film. Yes. So we we get to see Hal and and Dave playing chess. Frank Frank and him play chess. Dave is an artist, and so he's oh, right. interested in Dave's drawings. Yes. And he's he's even like, can you hold that closer? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, he should be able to see fine. He's like, that is a very nice fo- picture. Yeah, he's he's drawn. like, is that so-and-so? And it's like, yeah, it's like, you're you're improving. So yeah. he, he gives compliments. He, he asks questions. Mm-hmm. He's thoughtful. He even wished Frank happy birthday. You know, he's... He's a little scary. Yeah. Even though he's just in the walls, basically. Yeah. And he's everywhere on the ship at once. Exactly. So, so Frank has to go outside. We get this scene where Hal and Dave are talking. Hal asks if he can ask Dave a personal question. And this is where Hal begins to question Dave's loyalty to the mission. Yeah. And Dave... The, the actor himself, he plays this really well of not giving away any emotion, mm-hmm. not anything. He, he You can tell he's probably a little tense, but he doesn't try to give the illusion of being worried to Hal. Right. Because I think he's worried about Hal and asking these questions. Yeah. So Dave kind of doesn't answer the question, but kind of does what a human would do of sidestepping and it's like asking him if he was doing his philosophy or something you know? right and then i think hal not getting the answer that he wanted made the decision that dave's not on board right and so he says just a moment and kind of says he doesn't just say just a moment he goes just a moment yeah just a moment just a moment uh-huh and i'm like oh god <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> yes. And so he predicts that something in the communications uh, devices is yeah. going to fail within 72 hours. Right. And so they have to send somebody out there to fix it. Yes. So he goes and gets it. Yeah. And comes back safely. Yes. Frank goes, replaces the part. It's kind of interesting, too, how they do this. Mm-hmm. Because he takes a shuttle out, uh, a pod shuttle, and... He's not tethered to the pod. Uh-uh. No, he just like He free leaves. floats over <laughs> there and I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. Well, you know, th- this science has not been tested yet in no. real life. Yes, no. Yeah, so, they hadn't gone to, to yeah. space uh, for the moon landing yet, had no. they? Yeah. So It's 1968. And that's fascinating to me because everything in this movie is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's what you would expect to see if you went to space. It is exactly what you'd see if you went to space. We're not doing that. No. 
1969, <laughs> Stanley Kubrick filmed the moon landing. You and I both know that that is bunk. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even. So then why did then then why did the kid in The Shining have an Apollo 11 shirt? You know, I tried watching that that crappy documentary and <laughs> I was like, this is too far for me. Yeah, it's it's it's, bonkers. it's out there. So yeah, Frank goes he, he gets the box, he replaces the other one, he comes back inside, and they're testing it, which I thought was kind of interesting how they tested it. It reminded me of another science fiction film where they kind of have, like, a, a, a tappy device. Yeah. And they're like, we're not finding anything. And Hal's really like, that's really weird that you're not finding anything because neither am I. And I'm like, oh, this is this is bad. <laughs> yeah, and so they find that there's no nothing wrong with it. So they have to call back and say, "Hey, you built this computer. It's it's reading a a, a fault. There's no fault. Um, does your HAL nine thousand do stuff like this too? Because there's basically, another HAL over there. Basically, yes. And the guy's like, "No, no, he doesn't do anything like that. That's that's preposterous. That's not exactly how it's done. <laughs> but yeah, Mission Control basically said that they're they're twin." does not indicate that there was going to be any failure whatsoever. Right. And that they feel like their HAL unit is uh, malfunctioning. Right. Which has got to be frightening. The fact is, the HAL unit is malfunctioning. Yes, but I mean, to be to have it confirmed by someone else, yeah. you are the only two people awake on this ship, mm-hmm. and you're floating to Jupiter, you can't just get off the ride. So, right. <laughs> so what happens next is they go inside a pod. Well, it's been deemed to go and put that unit back yeah. and wait to, for the failure to happen. Right. And if it does fail, then Hal was correct. If it wasn't, they have a big problem. Yeah. So they go into the pod, though, they, to talk about Hal. Yes. And so it's soundproofed in there. Hal's computer's not in there. They turn around, but Hal can see them. That's that a huge human error mistake here. Yeah. Because just because Hal can't hear you at this point, he's still you're you should have rotated it one more time so that he wasn't in view. I don't know why they rotated it at all. Well, they rotated they got it in to get and they in. rotated it. Yes. I'm it's confusing. So Yeah, they shouldn't have rotated so it at the, all. The bubble Well, I think is they were testing Hal. Yeah, I think they were testing Hal's capability of hearing at first. Yeah. Because if they would have just gotten in and turned everything off, they couldn't have they could have tested it. Yes. But there was there was major human error in their their thought patterns of he can't hear it. Yeah. When he can still see your lips moving. Yeah, so Hal's an expert lip reader, and he knows that they want to dismantle Hal. Yes. And if, that means If death. he fails, yes. And so what does Hal do? He goes into survival mode. Yep. So Frank goes out there to put the thing on, and the next scene you see is Frank floating through the air with his uh, air mm-hmm. uh, hose gone. Yeah. And Dave is like, Oh, crap. Let me go get him. So he rushes out there in a pod to go get him. Yeah. Gets him. Comes back. Hal won't open the door. And during the time that Dave was out, mm-hmm. Hal cuts off the life support of all the rest of the crew. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. So this movie went from neat little space movie to uh-huh. alien. <laughs> murder. It's yeah. a murder. Yes. A murder has occurred. Another tactical error that Dave has made here is that when he got into that pod, A, I don't think he realized what had happened to Frank. I think he went to get Frank because he thought Frank just flew off. Well, I don't no, think he, he realized that Frank's air was cut. No, I, he didn't think it was cut, probably. He just saw that Frank was in distress. Exactly. So he he jumps into that pod without gloves yep. and a helmet. Yep. If you're specially trained for these things, you would think that the first thing you would do is make sure that you are... Equipped. Equipped with everything that with you need in case you have to get out in space. Proper PPE is important. Yes. Personal protective equipment. Yes. <laughs> we so, call it PPE at work. I, I, I feel like I feel like any astronaut would be trained to this as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But But no, I, I I just it's such a tactical error that you're like, you know he's trained better than this. Yeah. But at this point, it doesn't matter. It doesn't he matter. It's going. happened. And so he Hal won't let him back in. And what's interesting is, you know, he tries to get Hal's attention about 10 times before Hal yeah. finally responds to him. He's like, open the open the bay door, Hal. Mm-hmm. Open the bay door, Hal. Hal, can you hear me? Do you read? I'm afraid I can't do that, Dave. Why yes. not? Because you're going to kill me, Dave. I'm going to kill you anyway now. <laughs> he doesn't say that. The whole time, Dave stays very calm. He stays ridiculously calm. Yes. Uh, except at the point where he's not allowed in. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he does he's got get a temper. A little, he does get a little angry at this point, And he, he lets Hal know that. But he's still very calm about yeah. it. He's not shouting. He's not rampaging. Right. And so we've seen... In two other scenes, whenever they got into the pod, there was a warning on the door about explosive bolts. Yes. And it was a point for you to notice this. Mm -hmm. And so now we're getting to the point where Dave has to use an emergency hatch. Yes. Without gloves, without Without a helmet. He's he could easily die here. Yeah. And so he's choosing to use those explosive bolts to shoot himself from the pod to this other uh this this emergency room. Yeah. And one thing that I love about this scene is you get a lot of the color red in this scene, mm-hmm. but it's silent. It's completely silent. Yes. It's silent until after the explosion, you don't even hear the explosion. Mm-mm. He he shoots into that room, and then as soon as he hits the emergency airlock doors, that's when you start to hear rushing uh, air, air yeah. come in. And it's beautifully done. Right. A lot of this movie is silence or the, the sound of breath, like when they went yeah. out. You know, it wasn't music. It was breathing mm-hmm. and you get to hear like them scubas like yes yeah yes so i mean it's done very beautifully absolutely uh he also lets frank go he had to yeah he had to to use the so arms frank 
Frank's body is not retrieved. Mm -hmm. They find his body floating around in outer space many, many years later. In what, 2061? Yeah, I think so. And uh, they revive him because he was basically cryogenically frozen out there. Yeah. So they Mm -hmm. revive him. There's an adventure. He lives too long. Haywood Floyd is alive still. We Yeah, we don't even know much about that one, so it's it's kind of weird. You should read it. It's it's pretty good. Yeah. Well, I attempted to read 2001 a few years ago. Yeah, I remember. And there were so many chapters on the monkeys at the beginning, yeah. and I was just like, I've got to put this down. And then I just never went back. Yeah. Well, that happens. <laughs> uh, so now Dave is on a mission. Yes. He's going to the master computer. Mm-hmm. And he starts taking out uh, these silicone memory cards, re- dismantling Hal. He, yeah, he's taking out his memory. And the whole and, time, uh, Hal is pleading for his life. Yes. Please, Dave. Please don't do this, Dave. I'm scared, Dave. I'm scared. Or uh, I know I know now that I've, I've made a huge mistake. Yes. Can you forgive me? You know, Basically, like yeah. He's pleading like, for his life. What the heck? He's just a computer. Mm -hmm. He shouldn't have this kind of fear. But you can see that Hal has fear. Mm -hmm. It kind of reminds me of The Good Place. When they they, uh, go to reset Janet every time, she's Mm -hmm. got that self-defense mechanism. So it's kind of like that. So he's taking out these cartridges Mm -hmm. and uh, a video plays at one point and it's the creator of the Hal 9000. No. No? No. Who the hell is that guy then? That was Dr. Haywood Floyd. Could have sworn it was the guy that invented how no um because the in the follow-up movie in 2010 yeah we meet the creator and he's livid when he sees this video so oh really yes so <laughs> it's been a long time since i've watched yeah that I, I in preparation i went ahead and watched the 2001 and 2010 together yeah the last weekend and that just so i could kind of get a feel of everything again this is haywood floyd and he's debriefing Frank and Dave and the three scientists. It's meant to okay. be once they get to Jupiter, they're going to be debriefed on what it is, and it tells Dave about the monolith, basically. Okay, and that's why that I they'd I'd... been under a cover story this whole time because they didn't know what was what they were heading for. And the the monolith is seen as some sort of mystery or a threat or a MacGuffin, basically. Yes. Um, there's no real reason to go out there and go, "Hey, what are you doing?" No, because when you get there, what are you going to find? Yeah. So they're basically... Plus, Jupiter is uh, is a total mess. It's a gaseous planet. Yes. There's. I don't think there's land. No. And no, there's, but... There's been a hurricane that's been going for years and years and years. Yes. Uh, the spot. Yes. And uh, so... But there's always been talk about one of the moons, Europa. Yeah. There's always been talk that if life was going to be to happen in our solar system, besides here, it was going to be Europa. Yeah. And there's still debate about that today. Oh, I'm sure there is. So we're basically at Jupiter now when mm-hmm. this is all happening. Yeah. And a monolith appears above the discovery. Yes. So Dave decides to go out. Oh, by the way, Hal's completely dismantled at this point. He's saying, Daisy, Daisy, give me your answer, too, or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. And uh, that was it. Mm-hmm. So and Hal, it's really the saddest version of Hal Daisy goes, ever. Hal goes away like an Alzheimer's patient. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
he just forgets and then forgets yeah and then he's dead so yeah uh we get a really good symmetry scene here of yes. the planet aligning with the moons and, and the, monolith. the monolith is in there and we also get the sun you know coming in mm-hmm. and ev- it's a nod to how symmetry and alignment really play a, a factor in yeah. a plan coming together or yeah. at least that's my interpretation of that all right so the movie took a soft left turn there you know at the at the point where Hal kills people yes and then dave goes out to meet the monolith in his pod yes and then the the, 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 the monolith movie, disappears too the movie takes a really hard left turn yes oh yeah really hard yeah 90 degrees we get eight was it eight minutes i wrote this down it's an eight full minutes yeah of just visuals and music yeah so all this music is playing not just normal visuals we see weird things in his eyes you know and he's going through like this star gate something like that something like that um we see lots of geometrical patterns we see colors uh, we see an entire solar system or galaxy becoming born um, stuff looks like sperm, stuff looks like the eggs, stuff looks like fetuses, mm-hmm. uh, but they're all like patterns and shapes and, and weird, like, like the lines are, you know, vertical, then they're horizontal, then they're vertical again. And the, the color changes with primary colors and then we get Dave's eyes mm-hmm. and they'll be blue. Like it reminds me of like, uh, there's, there's a filter in Instagram, I think that you can just change everything to like two tone colors. Yeah, we get this kind of uh, visuals going on. They're almost in two like a tone negative colors, exactly. And you get landscapes. You get um, what looks like a sea at one point, yeah. and you're not sure if this is a history of the universe. You're not sure if maybe this is Europa and how maybe life is being seeded on Europa at this moment. Yeah. You're not really sure what is going on. It's just psychedelics for eight minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It is nuts. Yes. And then he just, everything stops and he's in a yeah. room. A Victorian room. Not Victorian. It, it's got this classical it Victorian a, look. It was, all right, kind of Victorian. Neoclassical since, at least. Since it is during the reign of Queen Victoria, but it's Spanish. Is it? It's a Spanish uh, decor. Okay. It's a Spanish decor. Uh huh. And it represents the Enlightenment. Oh. Because that kind of decor was used during the Enlightenment period okay. of the eight, okay. late 1800s. Okay. I can see that. I he like walks, the floor, by the way. Yeah, the yeah, floor the is light, just, like lit up. Yeah, it's like. It's soft lighting, too. Not Michael Jackson video. Kind of. Yeah. So. We get another bathroom. Yeah. It's just kind of funny. It's like, why would you put a bathroom in? It's clearly a nod that people have to use the facilities. If you like Stanley Kubrick's take on bathrooms, you should watch A Clockwork Orange. A woman is used like a bathroom. I don't want to see that. That's disturbing. <laughs> I don't think I will ever watch A Clockwork Orange. No, you will, because it's going to have to happen I don't. I don't want to. I don't want It's it. not as bad as you, you've built it up. You're going to watch it and go, I've watched worse things than that today. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's one of Malcolm McDowell's best roles of all time. I've, I've heard that. Anyway. anyway. So we 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 get the pod actually in the room. Yeah. 
And then... And they don't show Dave leaving the pod. No, no. The pod just, just disappears. What we see... appears in his spacesuit. He's just there. Well, I think we're seeing Dave in the pod sees another Dave in the space okay. in the in the spacesuit across the room. And then when you focus on him and they come back out and panel the room, Pod's gone. Yeah. Other Dave's gone. So now he is a slightly older Dave. Mm-hmm. He's got wrinkles, gray hair and everything. Yeah. And so he he walks into the bathroom and I'm telling you, I want this bathroom. There's oh, it's marble nice. sinks marble bathtub the toilet area is a little weird it kind of looks like a closet and i was like that's odd but anyway i I really like it and then he he hears something so he walks back to the door Mm -hmm. and he sees an even older version of himself eating a steak right? eating eating at a table and his back's to him and so then we focus on old dave Mm -hmm. at the table he turns around looks towards the bathroom and there's nobody there. Turns back, gets up, and he's chewing food mm-hmm. as he's walking to the bathroom, which I found weird. Is this where he breaks the crystal glass? Not yet. So he he walks into the bathroom, looks around. No Dave. Mm-mm. Sits back down, starts to eat, knocks over the glass. Yeah. Which apparently, if you listen to the commentary, the actor uh, ad-libbed that. Oh. Which was pretty interesting. And so he reaches, he he kind of doesn't reach, but he kind of looks down over the table and then he hears something. Mm-hmm. And he looks back at the bed, which is an awesome bed. Yeah. I'm like, I want that bed. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I just wanted everything in this room. Right. <laughs> and so we see... Uh, an even older an Dave. An even older Dave, probably dying at this point. Lying on his deathbed, yes. yeah. And so other dave disappears mm-hmm. i mean it's just boom 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 right and then he they show him reaching towards the monolith yes much the like, monolith just shows up much like the painting on the sistine chapel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, of what is that adam it, it's reaching uh, for god yeah and so uh then we get a star baby yeah so that's the part that i was like i must have missed something <laughs> Because at that point, I'm I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, okay, I, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. I've seen weird stuff before mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. movies. Not at this point, though. Right. Not, not that weird. Yeah. And then he turned into the star baby. Then the star baby disappears, floats over Earth, and it's looking at Earth. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what, what the heck just happened? And the star baby is huge. Credits. Yes. And and we've gotten that... that that song again, that yeah. da dun song, you know. Yeah, the Ric Flair song. Yes. The the Star Baby has Dave Bowman's features mm-hmm. and very much almost mature eyes. Yeah. And it so looks at the camera. So the, it's like it's looking at you. The idea that you're supposed to have at this point is Dave Bowman has become a new type of being. Yes. And this is his first step into a new type of evolution Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so he becomes the star child yes not not paul stanley no no (laughs) he doesn't go he doesn't go no he's a star baby yeah and uh yeah then we get credits um obviously you have to rewind the movie and watch it a second time because you damn sure missed something right you're like what did i just watch 
But it's so beautiful. Oh, it is. It is. It's quiet. It's loud. It's quiet. It's loud. And it was a total departure from A Clockwork Orange and uh, Doctor Strangelove, where they were kind of slapsticky uh-huh. in the, in those senses, where this movie took a more serious tone than his previous yes. films. And then after this, you get The Shining. Mm-hmm. You get Full Metal Jacket. He did AI, but he didn't direct it because he had died before he could direct it. Oh, the one with the, the, the little boy? Yeah. And, and, the, and oh he, god that died, movie is so sad he died before he could di- fully direct eyes wide shut okay and so other directors took over that role and finished mm-hmm. the film for him and and i think that's why that movie is a little disjointed um it could have been a much better movie the eyes wide shut oh yeah yeah i don't like that one it's not bad it's it's okay it's not for me well you know it has my nemesis tom cruise in it <laughs> and and he and i both understand that his movies are garbage anyway so after you've watched this movie they you can go and watch 2010 yeah. which is completely different it, it's got a completely different tone yeah absolutely there's talking which disappointed me to no end i can understand that we see dr haywood floyd come back at uh 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 what's his name uh roy schneider roy roy schneider who was in jaws yeah he was the uh, the guy chasing the shark. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and I've always enjoyed watching him. Yeah, he's good. So, and most of the things I've seen him in, he's, he's good. He's in it. Unless he was in a Tom Cruise movie, and then that movie was terrible. John Lithgow's in it. Yeah. Uh, John Lithgow uh, playing a Russian, by the way. No, he's not. He's an American. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's an American. I could have sworn he was No, he goes out with Russian the Russian accent. guy. No. Um, Helen Mirren. Is in it. Dame Helen Mirren. Well, at the dame, time she wasn't a dame. Dame Helen Mirren. Uh, it's, it's, if you're not a fan of weird, like weird, super weird science fiction, this one brings you into a regular science fiction movie. Kind of like you'd see an alien. Yeah. Who directed 2010? Because it sure as hell wasn't Stanley Kubrick. No, it wasn't. And if you tell me it's somebody that I like, I'm going to call you a liar. You're like, oh, it was Steven Spielberg. It was Robert Zemeckis. Uh, the director is Peter Hyams, and the writers were Arthur C. Clarke and Peter Hyams. Yeah. So I I don't really know anything else that he's really done. I'm sure I'm sure there is, but uh, you find out also at the beginning of 2010, Haywood Floyd is now a professor because of what happened with the Jupiter mission. Yeah. Um, the Russians and the, uh, uh, in America are at war and there's almost, uh, uh, well, there's almost a war. Tensions are really high, nuclear weapons, but so it's the same exact plot of Watchmen to a degree. Yes. Yeah. Um, they go out, the Russians are going up there and they're inviting Haywood and a few others to go, or you know miss out on getting yeah getting back to this and so um they go they find out that they take the creator of how yeah he goes you know they find out all the stuff they find out that it, it, the mission that was a secret message that was sent with how is why how did what he did right because he made he he didn't know how to interpret you it want, properly. You, you want to hear a crazy thing? Huh? Uh, in 2061 and in 3001, 
uh, Hal is a disembodied floating orb uh, sentient creature. Oh, my. Because of what happened in 2010. Really? Yeah. So Hal becomes another type of evolution. Well, yeah. Uh, in 2010, we, we get Dave Bowman. Yeah. He comes back and he visits people. Mm-hmm. And he gives the message to Floyd that he has to leave within like 48 hours of Jupiter because something wonderful is going to happen. Right. And so Hal, they have to use Hal to propel the Russian spaceship back to Mm -hmm. Earth. And Hal, they have to convince Hal to basically sacrifice himself. And so... um, but if I if I'm remembering correctly, when the events at the end of 2001 happen, all of the nuclear weapons that were outside, like satellites of the Earth, mm-hmm. I believe they said that they disappeared. Okay. So when Dave, when the Star Baby shows up at Earth, I think that's when all the weapons disappeared, all the satellites. Yeah. Because if you notice, Earth, nothing's floating out there. Mm-mm. So a lot of things happened. Yeah. I'm not going to give away what happens in 2010 because I think you should watch it. But you should definitely watch 2001. Yeah, absolutely. It's cinematically beautiful and it is a masterpiece in my opinion. Yeah, and it's a weird movie. Yeah. It really is. It's a very weird movie. It takes a lot of different types of genres and mashes it all into one sci-fi epic. Mm -hmm. You know, you go from men being apes to men flying to Jupiter. Yeah. I mean, what's better than that? Yeah. So that was 2001, A Space Odyssey. Uh, I hope you liked this episode. And if you did, you can leave us a comment um, on that thing. What's it called? Ratethispodcast.com slash movie. Ratethispodcast.com slash movie. And you can find us there and you can leave a comment. You can also drop us a line on Facebook. We are Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. You can follow us on Twitter, where we are less active because Twitter is a cesspool of garbage. Unfortunately, right now, yeah. We are <laughs> at Fun Time Movies 1. That is Fun Time Movies and the number one. You can listen to us on a lot of platforms, but I'm going to name a couple. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spot, yeah, Podchaser. And for people who don't know what Podchaser is, they have become the IMDb of podcasts, basically. Yeah. So if you really enjoy podcasts, you might want to check that out. They're starting to add more features. I just mm-hmm. saw something uh, this week where you can like save certain podcasts and you can listen to podcasts directly on the platform. I don't think they have an app yet. No, I don't know. It, yeah, I don't know. It's been pretty much desktop. I'm sure you can access it from your web browser. Right. So, um, but check that out. It's kind of neat. Absolutely. So anyway, if you like our content, just, you know, listen to us. Tell us you like us. Tell us you don't like us. We got pretty thick skin. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not afraid of you. (laughs) It's not personal. Yeah. But for that, we have been Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. Now get out there and go watch a movie.